This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, documentary lovers. We're here on Anatomy of Movie talking a documentary. Imagine that. We're talking RBG, the documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks, Anatomy of a Movie. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. If this feels weird, both in terms of the music as well as the movie we're covering, let me say this. Documentaries are movies, too. And we haven't done... I don't know if we've ever done one. I haven't looked at the record books. So this is our first official documentary here on Anatomy of a Movie. But they do... They are movies. And so we're going to talk about one today that uh, that we all enjoyed. Uh, we'll get your thoughts in just a moment. And um, it's it's if, if you haven't seen the movie and if you don't know why we're playing this song, well, we're going to help explain it to you. A um, couple things right off the bat. First off, welcome Juliet V. Bear to the show. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Very excited. Normally behind the scenes on Anatomy of a Movie, doing the, the ones and twos, as we say. But a man, if you guys follow the show, that you should know. Well, Dimitri Panos. Hey, folks. What's happening? And we I'm, are here for a documentary. That's right. And in all my shit, I mean, my memory I can be slipshod, but I cannot recall when we've ever done a documentary. It's quite a historic day, isn't it? It is. It and is. I'm Phil Svitek. Uh, honored to join you guys. For, for those of you joining us <clears> for the <throat> very first time, we cover movies quite in depth. We talk about both the storytelling and the production elements, as well as the box office and the larger context of things, and try to give you as much information around the movie rather than just critiquing it. Yay, it was good, or it was bad. Right? So this, this one's going to be a little bit different because it's a documentary, of course. Uh, you know, I usually give a spoiler warning. Now, because it's a documentary, it follows her life. So if you know anything about Ruth, you, you've kind of been spoiled. But nonetheless... <laughs> You know, uh, we encourage you to, to see the documentary in addition to us, or in particular, see the documentary first, then check out us. And if you would like to follow along in our discussion, we do have a rundown. It's it's a PDF down at the bottom of the description. You just click it, follow along. Uh, and that about does it for the administrative stuff. But I'm going to add one thing, please. Sure. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm just going to call it a movie. I don't want there to, I don't want people to. Like documentary is sometimes a full letter word to various to certain movie fans, so we'll just it is a movie. Yeah, and uh, I do also want to just add to that if you haven't seen it, don't tune out. If you haven't seen the movie, you don't have to tune out. I would actually encourage you to watch us because I think by the end you'll be inspired to go see this movie, in which you'll be inspired even more after viewing it so stick around listen to what we have to say and uh if you haven't seen rbg hopefully we can push you in the direction to go to go do so very Absolutely. well said uh, so speaking of which let us uh let us be kick off with overall thoughts 
Juliet, why don't why don't I, you get the party started? Okay, let's do it. I um I really really enjoyed this movie, and I think it's one of those movies that you should try to see more than once. I have not yet had that opportunity, but because there's so many life lessons, it it's so broad. It follows just one woman, but her story just touches upon some like equal rights, just the idea of young versus old versus just it being a mindset and your physical health, and it's just the list goes on and on. Um, and I thought that in terms of telling her story, the documentaries did, did a great job. So I loved it. Perfect. Dimitri? Yeah, I think this movie is, as I said, it's inspiring. And I think it's very timely. Uh, you watch this movie, and I'm going to be straight up. There wasn't a lot I knew about Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg outside of going up through history and hearing about her. Uh, watching this movie did bring back flashbacks, some memories of, oh my god, I remember that time, I remember that era. But this movie had multiple takeaways from it. By saying that it's timely, there is a big, there's a woman's movement, rightfully so, happening uh, in today's current society. Uh, this movie really, it's, 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 about that and more. Uh, it is about equal rights, but not just for women. I find it to be it was equally for men because justice should be for all. And this is what Ruth Bader Ginsburg, this is a main staple of what she stood for. Justice for all. And I took that away, which was amazing, but I also took away, uh, you know, there's a, there's a saying behind, every man is a great woman, right? And that's, that, that's true in many, many cases. But this movie sort of flips that saying around by, you know, she, here's a great woman who happened to have, and not that she would have needed it, not that women need this in their lives, but I think it helps. She had a very great, caring, loving, compassionate, funny man as her husband. And I really appreciated how they showed this relationship. He, too, was a lawyer, but he never, uh, you know, he, he'd never achieved the stature that RBG achieved, but he was fine with that. He was one of the most noted tax lawyers in New York, but he had an amazing sense of humor, which was opposite of her personality. And I think that because of that, they made a perfect match. And because of the support that he had given her, she was able to continue to go on, not only in education, but as far as obtaining the, a superior court judgeship. Um, I also took away from this movie humanity. There is life lessons. There is lessons about humanity and about how, as human beings, we may have some ideological differences, but yet that shouldn't keep people from friendships. Uh, RBG herself uh, with Judge Anton Scalia. I mean, a, a man who, whose politics I definitely did not agree with, but they had And she some does not charming, agree with him either. Yeah, but, and, and, and he nor her. So, but their friendship, which was showcased in this movie, I found to be very touching. Uh, and the other power of RBG that I took away from this, too, when we're speaking of opposite ideologies, is this gentleman, there's a scene with Orrin Hatch, again, who, just a gentleman knowing through history that I would, don't agree with at all. But to see him, in a sense, break down. His his things because he was on that committee to approve her to being a judge and what he said made me emotional. 
And it's what the power that she had, not only as a woman, but as as a person, that he would nominate her. It was almost like he was the linchpin, a key to getting her on the in this court. And I found it to be very emotional. And I was like, we don't see that today, um, unfortunately, sadly, because of there is a there is a huge bipartisanship going on. Not that there isn't bipartisanship throughout history. But the mere fact that these people who diametrically opposed everything that she stood for really supported her, that's humanity at its best. So these are all these things that I took away from this movie. And I walked out going, wow. And I had a smile on my face. It was really solid in what she's accomplished through life, through tragedy, through good times, bad times. Yeah, I thought it did a good balance of, you know, putting her sort of on this pedestal, but at the same time humanizing her as far as she's apt to make mistakes herself. Uh, She, you know, as great as she is, she doesn't have it all figured out, and she's one of the first people to admit that. And she, she's even at the age of eighty-six now. She continues to learn day by day, and if she needs to, she apologizes and and you know goes by that. And I, I appreciated that it is an overall fully fleshed out story in that sense. And as far as the storytelling, I thought it worked really well. We, we started kind of in a not a present, but at the at the time that she she got um, became a Supreme Court justice, and then we backtracked and then got to you know that moment in time, and then we went through current moments and to see the, the level of access in general. Because it's one thing to – it's a very intimate documentary, right? It, rather than just tell you from a historical perspective of she did this and have it be narrated, the fact that she overall is the narrator for all intents and purposes. And when she's not, I, I think overall um, her her grandchild was. <laughs> and, and she's the one who brought in that sort of now present-day mindset. And um, and I appreciate it. There, there, there was a lot going on there. And I really liked, uh, to your point, how they used RGB as um, RBG as a uh, narrator. And they used her past speeches to dictate what was going on now. And I think they did a good, really great job bringing past and present and kind of making it all mesh together. Indeed. Yeah, they did it in such a, a, a wonderful way uh, because there was nothing confusing about this tale, this story, and the way that it was documented. Uh, Phil, you did bring up an amazing point, too, is that, you know, we we as humans are, are not uh, infallible. Is that the right word? Correct, we're, yeah. we're, we're fallible here. And she broke her own rule. She broke her own rule when uh, just recently she spoke very turgidly towards El El Presidente that we have now. Mr. Trump. Um, Yeah. Um, And, you know, this is coming from a person who, uh, a lifelong lesson from her mom, keep it within, that's how you get people to the table. And she broke her own rule, she paid a price, but to your point, she apologized. You know, she is not above... She's not above the law. She is not above making a mistake. And recognizing this, uh, that to me makes her a far more human being and person. And that the decision was right to have her 
be on board as a judge, not just because she was a woman, but because she has a temperament, the smarts to go along, and a heart, human condition. So we're going to talk certainly more uh, her life, her story, and and what unfolds on the screen as we see it. But to do so, I really want to, as a jumping off point, talk about the the filmmakers themselves. Um, And as a kind of quick antidote into it, uh, Dimitri, I want you to share a recent story because I think it's relevant to the to the topic at hand. Yeah, and the filmmakers were Betsy West and Julie Cohen. So I saw this movie a couple of days ago, and uh, it pleasantly took me by surprise. I was amazed as to how much I came away with it from a movie, which is fantastic. And uh, later on uh, that day, I tweeted about the movie, and I believe I, I, I did a at popcorn talk. But throughout my tweet and my talking about the movie, A, I didn't hashtag anybody. Uh, I didn't tweet anybody else personally. I don't know anybody personally. I just said what I thought about the movie. Pretty much in 140 characters recapped what I just said at the opening. Shortly thereafter, I noticed I got a like. And the like came from filmmaker Julie Cohen. And I was, because I looked, it said Julie Cohen. I said, who? Who and I clicked on her, and then shortly thereafter, that she ended up following me, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" And I thanked her for doing so. Myself being from Boston, and you know, a little sarcastic, I said, "Yeah, she'll probably follow me for about two or three more tweets till she sees that I'm really, you know, mostly retarded and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, and she'll probably draw me." But she put out there that was very nice uh, I thanked her very much for it uh, I told her going to be talking about this so I look forward to sharing the link uh, of this show with her uh, because I like I, I strongly well we like this movie I think there's lots well, of very what, what good it, things to say what it, what it shows is her level of commitment to the movie yes. right that uh, as humbling as it is and not to take that away it just shows that how the the level of interaction for you know and the level of love for the people that do go see it that she does have and and she wants you know to in a a sense for them to know that she validates their time to go see it i just could how did i don't know how she found me in this i'm not that great on social media i actually she might be quite the opposite and quite be good (laughs) but it was it was amazing because like i said i hashtagged nothing other than i did at popcorn talk network because i wanted us to know hey this is good, and I wanted a good review to go out. So let's let's talk about them. They they, they kind of came together, and they they were wanting to do this documentary, uh, Betsy and, and Julie, uh, you know, and 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 Betsy in particular. I mean, she's won twenty one Emmys for Nightline and uh, Primetime Live, and and so on and so forth. Uh, Julie Cohen, in her own right, uh, producer and director, known for The Surgeon Queens and American Veteran. So you know, a long history of 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 you know, great work. Nonetheless, they wanted to do this, and they approached RBG about it. And she, at the time, she was kind of hesitant to it. Um, then, eventually, in about like, they started approaching her in 2015. Yeah. Eventually, she opened up, but she said, "In order to do this, um, I can't film for two years, um, just due to scheduling and things like that." And she, <laughs> true to her word, it was two years. She wasn't exaggerating, but. The nice part is when I talk about the level of intimacy, she really did open up her home in a sense. You know, they were allowed to film her gym, 
her her work routines and so forth. Her going to the opera, as we see multiple times. Yeah, so it's all I, there. When I read about that, just it shows so much uh, about the filmmakers that they kind of got to know, but they heard a maybe, and that maybe goes a long way. And so just turning the other way and be like, oh, she's not really, she can't really commit. They just were all in. And documentaries take a really, any movie takes a long time, but when it comes to documentaries, a lot of research, you have to figure out how you're going to piece everything together. And the fact that they just, they heard maybe, and that was their in, and they were, they did what they could. And for two years, they couldn't speak with her directly. But as you're saying, they went in, they tried to talk to different people, and they just made it happen. And therefore, it allowed her her to kind of see this happening before her eyes and open a little bit more as you're saying with the gym with all these things so very cool always take a maybe as your yes <laughs> that's the takeaway yes no, for sure no. um and one of the nice parts they, they you know speaking of things that they took they really stuck to the mantra that what the, the lesson that uh, rbg's mom impart on her is that anger is a waste of time and they tried to let that be sort of the central theme of, of the movie that they were telling. Yeah, and I also think, though, that that time in which this was simmering, right, uh, the directors even say, uh, in a director's statement that's in their press kit, you know, three years ago, it was January 2015, that they had uh, had to spark the idea of making a feature about her. And they had both, through their work, separately interviewed uh, justices for projects in the past and had both admired her, her trailblazing work. Um, but that was before she had broken out as an octogenarian rock star. So while this is going on, RBG herself, who uh, adopted or who was given the moniker, the notorious RBG, um, started becoming this this icon, this person that that younger women, younger law students began to look up to. And then there were tote bags, tattoos, um, T-shirts being made of her. And it took on a life of its own. So it made this phenomenon said, OK, we got to do this. Now is the time. Also, I think it's timely because of our recent social politics happening. I think it makes it very important and it stands for something. And although they don't make it this, it is about this. It is about current life as much as it was about historic past life. And it's as relevant today as it was for her getting into college. So those things, I think, worked elementally to put this story together. Fantastic. So, and they got to work themselves with a team of women. And they began filming in about June of 2016 to start putting this together. Uh, they had some amazing stock footage to work with, all in public record. Um, I just think that... Uh, yeah, putting this together and being able to select scenes and footage and editing it, I think the movie was masterful in telling a story in that way. One of the, you know, one of the interesting parts when you talk about the, the struggles and so forth, I, I really love the way they utilize the granddaughter and her because <laughs> it is two different generations and it, and it seems like the granddaughter is following in the footsteps. She went to Harvard herself and... You know, they have that great moment that it took 200 years for it for the men and women to be 50-50 as far as... Um, in the, a classroom. In the, in, the, in the breakdown. But if you really look at it, what I found more interesting was 
that it wasn't 200 years. It was more so in just, you know, it was 50 years. Like, I, I kind of look at the, the positive side of it because at the time that RBG went, you know, they, they had a quota of nine right. men to one woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as that in itself was horrific, but, but the women was just kind of, they were, they were token. Yeah. They weren't really thought of like, in any way of like contributors. Well, of course not, because think of, and she explains this in the movie is that when you're such a small minority, you everyone was looking at them all the time, and there's no way for them not to stand out of the crowd. And even when we're they're showing the stock footage and the pictures, you can tell you just see a f- very few women there, and they they stand out. They, you know that that one picture that uh, they showed from that uh, Harvard class, and she's like the only woman there. Um, they the directors did something that I thought was wonderful, and where they were pinning across the picture, and you come up across RBG. The look on her face to me it was not one of being proud and smiling. Uh, many of the men were like snickering or proud of whatever achievement they're in Harvard. Hers was a little bit of discomfort. She was around these wolves, a pack of you know law school. Wolves, and how she was able to persevere and continue to go through and blaze that path to me. Uh, it was amazing, but they say a picture can say a thousand words. That picture with her there really says a lot to that time and what it took for her and the strength. Uh, and I think it's an amazing picture, and they reference it a couple of times. In yeah, the they do. And she's so tiny too. Regardless she of her being is, female, she's yes. really short and thin. Yeah. And um, yet, you, I think the overall message is that no matter what, she could never be put in a corner. And I think that's something that we should all take home. Yeah, and you know, you see that, like the early parts of the story, as far as Harvard, then right after going to New York, and not despite her academic achievements, not being able to get a job of any kind simply because she's a woman, and then how that propelled her forward into, you know, going up against the, the Supreme Court on cases that were of were of note to her, you know, that she wanted to get behind. And let us not forget, too, that so after she achieves this accomplishment of graduating Harvard, Harvard Law School, one of the more difficult schools, prestigious top of schools, her class. Right, top of her class. Goes back to New York and couldn't find a job. And 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 um, uh, I believe it was Miller, who, by the way, is am I the only... This is Miller's Court guy. Do you remember that show, Miller's Court? This was like... I unfortunately do, do you, not. Do you know People's Court, Judge yes. Wapner? This was an offshoot. He was he had his own show. I was like, holy cow! Yeah, it was like Miller's Court, right? So, hearing him tell the story about yeah, I would go to my law, you know, law buddies and go, oh, I had this perfect person. I think she would be right for your firm. And they'd go, wait, wait, wait did you say she? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. We we can't have a she. She couldn't get a job in New York after graduating Harvard, which... Top of her class. Top of her class. So changing tact became a a very good professor and teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just crazy. It is, but then that that was kind of the lesson also, the for all, is that... And we see this similarly with Trump as well. 
that whole dialogue is that you win just because you won one battle, you didn't win the war. And she was able to achieve that and be really successful at Harvard, but that doesn't mean that she can rest on it. Now she has to fight. Now the workforce, and then then that once that's kind of uh, she's carried that, then she has another challenge, and that's that's life. We always have a bunch of challenges, and it doesn't stop her. I mean, she's one of. They make a big point of it, and I think it is very intelligent. Like she won a couple of these early on for for women's rights, but then she takes on a man's case, and he can't. Um, to kind of sum it up, he he can't basically get the benefits because he's not the mother, even though his wife passed away, mm-hmm. and he's left taking care of the the child alone. And so, I you know they they do a wonderful job of highlighting inequality. From both sides, and the fact that she recognized that, like she's not just fighting for women. I, I, think, I forget which one of you said it at the top. She's fighting for equality in the true sense, yeah, yeah. civil rights, and just equal equality in terms of human beings. And then it was just it, this it explains such a great way to reverse engineer it. And because sometimes for certain men, this notion that women should be put on the same uh, same uh, as them was kind of foreign because they're just not used to it versus when you reverse engineer it you're like oh wow this makes sense now i can i can i see this it makes sense to them and it it was what i was saying at the top it was justice for all and yes she 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 was steadfast and staunch at, at at equality for women but it goes above that. There, there's a quality for human beings. And that case, that case about the gentleman, the father, who, who lost his wife and had to take care of a child and couldn't go to work, and it was about getting Social Security benefits, you know, it related to me in a sense. Um, not in a sense. It relates to me losing, losing my wife and the benefits, but I never knew the history of why this could be even made possible. And so to see that story, and then to see that man, that 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 man today, uh, and how he talks about her and what it meant to him. Again, it's equality for everybody, uh, and she's there. She was there. She's there for people. Uh, that, that that's inspiring. And they did is from a filmmaking perspective. They did a wonderful <clears throat> job of bringing in, as they call them, past clients to help retell the story. Because in that sense, it, first off, RBG makes no bones about it. She's not. She doesn't consider herself a great public speaker. And so for her to toot her own horn, especially about those big cases, she's not going to do it. But to get those clients that for whom it means, who meant so much personally but then obviously they understood the larger context of it yeah you know um and that's where and i like that through line because it was the clients kind of initially but we always kept bringing back to marty was her biggest champion marty being the husband always always there for her support and um i know this is kind of jumping ahead but as far as being integral as to her getting uh you know nominated that that was just an amazing story. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, F the, like she deserves to be in the running, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, she deserves to be in the top five, top three contenders. Yeah, right. and then again, that was such a lovely thing to see her husband just be behind her, and as you're saying, she wouldn't really toot her own horn, and sometimes that's very important in any kind of line of work. Is that if you're in the corner, if you're a little too shy, people don't really recognize the qualities you have. So the fact that she had such a her husband who was such a champion for her, and was going around making those calls, making sure that she got the 
the spot that she deserved that he knew she would do a great job of was just it was so neat to see especially in that time period that you could have a partner um, who really values her that way yeah and that was a takeaway uh, you know for me as well that it doesn't just have to be a great woman behind a great man. You know, he really, truly was, you know, in his own right as a tax attorney, is one of the highest, most respected in New York City. Okay, but he knew that his wife far there was no ego involved, and in fact, he did things with humor and compassion and love. One of my favorite parts uh, of the movie is in the the. the, the the two of them are, it's a story, the two of them are going to the opera. Mm-hmm. And they walk in and they notice the couple. And they, many people get up and start applauding for, 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 for Notorious RBG, <laughs> right? And the, one of the funniest lines is her husband goes to her, he goes, but you didn't know this was a tax lawyer convention, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, that's just freaking funny. Yeah. And then she would punch him in the gut. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it... It really makes that relationship far more than just human. It was really built out of love, compassion, even though these two people, personality-wise, were different. I also love the story uh, from a clerk, I believe it was a clerk, who would say, oh, we loved having her in the office because that meant her husband would be coming in daily <laughs> to get her out of the office. <laughs> and to me, it's like, come on, honey, we got to go home and have dinner. Ten minutes, like, honey, come on, let's go. Right. <laughs> he would, he, uh, he would, would call her, and then she wouldn't pick up, and then he would come and drag her out. And that just shows how passionate she is about her job. And again, in terms of that couple, it was really a partnership, and I think mm-hmm. that was so beautiful because he took the back seat. But in the beginning of the relationship, when she first had a, a daughter, uh, she was kind of manning everything. He was relatively sick, and she would. Do his homework, her homework, take care of the kid, go to school, work, do all these things. And it was just kind of this shift that was really neat is that they're really a unity and a partnership. And one time one's going to have to take the reins and then the other person's going to have to take the reins. And that's just how that works. And that's how all human relationships should work. And then that's what she fought for towards her work. So both in her her it was neat to see that her relationship kind of showed what she was trying to just ha- have the whole world, world have. Well, and she she sacrificed to knowing how grave at the time her husband uh, her husband's health is and that's what I really loved about this relationship and that it was give and take and it was supportive 100% supportive on both sides and it also shows that marriage relationships aren't easy but with the right people and the right support you can go everything can be limitless to you regardless of what your dreams whether you want to be a, a superior court lawyer Whatever it is you want to be, with the right person by your side, it just makes life that much easier to get through and and fun and enjoyable. Let me ask you guys this, because one of the things that I I thought about, because people kept saying that Marty was the funny one and that you know Ruth was very by the books, but there was I can't help but wonder. There's a certain amount of humor. Never would she say the jokes about being compared to Notorious B.I.G. and then they're like. Does that offend you? And she's like, why would I be offended? And then her watching SNL and all these things, I think there's a side to her. Perhaps I I, I maybe attributed to with the passing of poor Marty that she's kind of gained his comedic side and helped carry it. And, you know, now that's a greater part of her. And especially part of it is she's at the age and she's 
had all these accomplishments where no one can take that away from her and so she can let loose a little bit whereas you know unfortunately early on it, it could be held against her especially as a woman absolutely but i'm not going to take away from her her humor side of things definitely not as humorous say as marty and to your point yeah, she was not a regular watcher of snl but earlier on in the movie um she is with justice scalia uh they're doing a talk show and she she had the funniest line uh, of that interview. And again, to me, it was very heartwarming. To me, I looked at uh, um, I looked at Judge Scalia and I say, okay, he actually they're playing. He looks human. He's humanistic. And he sits down and says, "We're the odd couple." And I'm like, why didn't these two lecture together all over the place? Because together. Not only do you see the opposing views and you can learn from this, but they were highly entertaining, right? So they showed this picture when the two of them are on an elephant, okay? And I'm so, so they vacationed together. They were close friends, okay? And, and, and I think the, 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 the commentator of the interview said something, well, did you take any, like, thought for being, like, you were on the back you were in the back of the bus, so to speak. And she goes, no, because they said that it was more of a weight distribution thing. <laughs> and Scalia's like laughing. Like, you could tell that their friendship, regardless of their differences, there was a strong bond between these two people. And again, I'm just like floored. These aren't people, they argue maybe at work, but they are able to put these things compartmentalize is a word that was used in this movie too they're able to put this stuff away and recognize the strengths of each other regardless of what they're opposite about and they, I was just so surprised that they were such good friends right the idea of compartmentalizing that's come up a lot and towards the end of the movie when they were talking about the whole Trump ordeal and how she was had she criticized him publicly and then got a lot of backlash because she's not supposed to do that and she she was saying, she was like, I don't understand how people think that me having a negative opinion of the president is going to affect my decision making in any sort of matter because she was so good at compromising. Compartmentalizing. Yeah. And, you know, too, I think the, there, there's an argument to be made that she, she's an advocate of healthy discussion. You know, yeah. and I, th- I think part of the problem is everyone just gets so overheated and oh, then that everyone stays away and that. that you know, the, the term PC has come to mean, well, just don't talk about anything. Uh-huh. Not even ice cream flavors, because it's like, oh, well, right. you will eat ice cream? Well, I don't eat dairy. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just gotten to an unhealthy thing. And I think this movie, not directly, but brings some light to that notion. That is sort of kind of lacking today. That we really don't see. We see a lot of people at each other's throats within this world of politics, right? Not here. And that was a pleasant surprise to me. I, look, again, whether I agree or didn't agree with the former judge uh, Scalia, has passed on, um, I at least saw a humanity. Like, okay, he was a guy, the two of these people got together. Again, Orrin Hatch? I'm not going to agree with Orrin Hatch on most pretty much everything, right? But to see him become emotional and to see him look up at her and say, you know what, Missy, I'm pretty much going to disagree with most everything you have to say, but, and I thought he was, like, again, I don't remember this history growing up. I never saw it live. But when he says to her, but, 
for you to be on this is as important today. And it's important that you, I nominate you for this job because your voice is important on this judiciary, on the Supreme Court. For a guy like Orrin Hatch to admit that to himself, and you see Joe Biden, who's there, and the look on his face when Hatch is saying this, and Hatch is like, really? He, you could tell he was taken with her. He goes, I don't agree with you, but it's important that your voice be on this. And that's why... I'm going to nominate you. You should be a Superior Court judge. I was blown away because I don't see that happening one iota today. Well, um, as we kind of wrap up our thoughts, I know there's lots to we could discuss, but, you know, there's I, – I do appreciate seeing documentaries and especially towards the end – uh, the whole movement of Notorious RBG <laughs> was started by the youth, right? Millennials. And so I, I take that and I appreciate it. And I'm reminded that there are good young people out there despite, you know, the, you know the, the, there's good people and there are bad people in all generations and all genders and all races and so forth. And you got to – for me, I, I always try to judge the person as an individual, never mm-hmm. as a, a larger group of anything. It's hard today. Go ahead. Yeah, she's really become... That's what I loved seeing in this movie, the little montage they put together, how she's become kind of a pop culture um, icon. There's so many different RGB t-shirts and pins and bags and even, like, baby gear and all this stuff. And and it... This is it, this is the second chapter in her career, per se. She's never really stopped working, but it's just kind of redefined her. Now people who haven't heard about her know who she is, and especially with this movie. And that was another thing I really enjoyed, is that it's, the journey is never over until it's over. Well, as she said, what I, I appreciate, you know, she says, if I didn't have the same energy and same passion for the position, and if I couldn't fulfill it to the, to the level that I know I can, then I would step down. Right. Step down. She's 86 and still and, working. Yeah, which is amazing. And had I not seen this movie, to be quite honest with you, I'm not in those circles that have elevated her to a pop culture icon status, that level. A lot of these, a lot of them are law students uh, who studied her cases. And while they showed a majority of them being women, there were definitely some, some guys in there too, right, who, who respected what she did. And how can you not? As a man, I respected what she stood for. And I say, I'm glad she's on my side. And I'm a man, and, and you know, and for a woman, of course, you're definitely going to shout her praises and say, I'm glad she's on my side. But I can equally, I have e- equal rights to say that as well, because she, of who and what she stands for, and it's for all of humanity, it's something that I took home with me and said, wow. And her, I also loved how she talked about, she didn't want to become the dissenting person. She didn't want that to be her role. It just happened due to change. Um, and she had, she thought that she, this is my goal. It just happened. And I'm glad that it did. I'm glad that Clinton came around to interviewing her. He, she wasn't even on the list of people. Everybody was turning him down. And he didn't even necessarily want to take the interview. But he said within the first 10 minutes, I knew she was in. She was the right choice. 
That says something about her character and her person, if you can do that. And she's changed the minds of even a Scalia and an Orrin Hatch. If you can do that, that's power. That's superpower. So she truly is a superhero in that sense. You can't spell truth without Ruth. Ruth. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, here's the interesting part. There will be an unaffiliated to this documentary on Ginsburg later this year called Basis of Sex. So if you're looking for more on on Ruth, there's... Is this a documentary or a feature? Um, it, it's it's a screenplay. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, it was it was on the blacklist back in 2014. So Felicity Jones will portray Ginsburg, and Army Hammer will play Marty. So wow. something to look forward to. So it's it's a different side of it. It will focus on the fighting of equal rights, you know, early on in her career. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to, and I'm glad that it's coming to light oh, in this way. And I'm glad I saw this movie too because I'm sure a lot of it's going to be reflected in this mm-hmm. screenplay. Uh, it was weird too to see that this was a CNN film. And and I'm very happy, I'm extremely extraordinarily happy this just didn't remain on just CNN. I am really happy that I got to see this on a big screen. Yeah. Truly. Because as a documentary, just to be honest... To watch a documentary at home, uh, you can be easily distracted. You know, it's you're at home. I got to make some popcorn. I'm gonna take the phone. I'm gonna look. When I'm at a movie theater, my phone is away. I'm paying attention to this. Uh, I know the audience that I saw it with, uh, and it was relatively crowded theater uh, as well. I saw it at the Landmark. Um, I was it, it it grabbed me. I paid attention. By seeing it in a movie theater rather than seeing it as a screener or on CNN or whatever other network channel, uh, I am very glad that I got to see this on a big screen. And there's something to be said about just even just going to the movies for movies like this, for documentaries, for indies, for small budget films. It just goes a long way. We need the money. And there's so many theaters also. You don't have to go to a huge theater. That's what I like the most is just going to my little local theater that's really small, that's uh, still standing. And <laughs> and it's just such a, such a special experience that you don't get at home. So I urge you to go do that. Did you did we talk at all about its its numbers? Because we didn't go. Ahead. It's well, I'm, I'm bringing them up right now. Um, it's done rather well considering Look at this. I mean, this is $8 million lifetime That's, gross. They actually have a great promotion. Can I be honest with you? 100% millennial over here. I found out about this movie out of all places. Do you know where it fell? CNN? No, Instagram. <laughs> I was scrolling through Instagram. Had never honestly really... I knew who uh, RBG was, but very vaguely. And it just popped up on my feet. I'm like, what is this? Magnolia Productions. And took a look at it. So they're really pushing this out to millennials. Because they know it's going to speak to the next generation. Yeah. Well, and, and eight, eight million out of less than 500 theaters. Yeah. That says something about the subject matter. Also, I have to give credit. An hour and 37 minutes... It never overstays its welcome. Usually, and this is why I like to call this a movie, not a documentary. Again, there's no slight against documentary, but to moviegoers, sometimes that's like poison. It's just, it's because it's so intellectual at times and it's harder to fall within the story. When you go see a movie a lot, you just, you're in this fantasy world versus now you're in this real world. So it's, 
this, different. This is a good movie on its own, and it never overstays its welcome. Uh, some of my criteria when I judge a movie was I entertained. I don't necessarily have to be educated when I see a movie, but if it happens, fantastic. That's that's great. It's a bonus. Uh, I was entertained. I was educated. I learned about this judiciary system, what this woman had to go through, and there are things that are still relevant today that this woman has stood for all her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came away feeling pretty good. I was like, I'm glad I really, I'm really glad I saw this and glad to have the opportunity to talk about it here. Did it make you feel like you can work till 86, work out every morning till 86? Hell no. <laughs> no, I can't. No, no. That, that's a fortitude. Listen, you get that judgeship, I say God bless her. Um, that's fantastic. I mean, her fortitude, it takes, it. how she worked, her worth ethic, her work ethic, uh, to me, there's only a few people mm-hmm. who could do that. And you need a partner. <laughs> you need uh, whether it's a good wife or a good hu- or a great wife, great husband. I mean, because she was working like all hours. You needed that person to go. Come on, honey, you got to go home. Right, and <laughs> so, she and she is even till this day. They were saying that she stays up till sometimes four in the morning, and then right back at work. She she sleeps very little. Yeah, and is in great shape. I so. mean, sleep's already not my friend. Well, they say <laughs> she God sleeps on the her. weekends. So. <laughs> yes, God um, bless her. But we could go on and on. Um, however, we we encourage you if 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 we've gripped you and you haven't yet seen the movie, as Dimitri said, go out and see it. Uh, that is our big hope. And you know what? Let us know. In the comments section, what what RBG has come to mean for you now that you kind of know a little bit more information, um, how do you feel like she's impacted you personally? Because you know what? I think that's the crux of it. What was interesting is that you you have to feel personally affected. And watching this movie, you you start to piece the the pieces of the puzzle of like, wow, this is a great individual, and yet it has effect on me because of the work. Who... Who from these millennials that I saw that honored and worshipped her, uh, make her a pop icon? I want to know. Okay, which one of you is going to be next? Because mm. she, you know, look, she's eighty six, right? I want that next person, whether a woman and or man, uh, you know, to be to get in this, to be there, to be the voice. Of humanity to be the human voice and and to to uh, to support justice for all, yeah. you know. Well, on that note, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. At Bonjour, Julia is where can, you can <laughs> interact with Julia, and then yeah. just you know, especially since the movie is promoted heavily on social media, why not go there and interact with Julia? <laughs> yes, please do. At D Movies seventeen oh one for yeah, Dimitri. Please support me on Twitter. It's great having you on board. Thank I you guys so recall. much for having me. This is so fun. I I have to disclose. I I, I made Phil go see this movie. A little okay. bit against his will, but he was very excited nonetheless. And so much so excited that he then decided to do this after show. So thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, this is your first time being part of the panel. We usually hear your uh, your voice. Mm-hmm. Now you get um, to see me, you lucky guys. <laughs> yes. And I'm that Phil Svitek, and uh, we've got a lot of movies down the pipeline for you. But if you do like documentaries, we will in fact do... Um, won't you be my neighbor the Mr. Rogers one I think you know we're all looking forward to that Mr. Rogers has such a wonderful place in a lot of people's hearts 
uh, across many, many generations. So Another per- person who's impacted many. Indeed. So we look forward to that. Uh, on the more on the other movie side of things, we're, we're going to be talking about Ocean's 8. We're going to be talking Hereditary, uh, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. and Mission Uni- Impossible. Yeah. Tag. <laughs> Tag indeed. We've got movies. It's the summertime. Lots and lots indeed. So thank you guys as always. Um, You can also follow at Serafini TV, our other normal regular co-host who is not here for this one, but nonetheless is here for many many of them. Uh, We'll see you guys next time for another Anatomy of Movie. Hi all. And the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Whitworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. We could do this every weekend.